Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Advanced Strength and Conditioning Following Injury. This week's mini podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's Shift Symposium's guest lectures, Advanced Strength and Conditioning Following Injury, presented by Dan Pope, performance physical therapist at Champion Physical Therapy and Performance in Boston. Dan's passion is helping people get out of pain and back to training safely and effectively. He is the founder and owner of Fitness Pain Free, where he shares his ideas about rehab, injury prevention, and athletic performance. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me. We're going over advanced strengthening and conditioning following an injury. My name is Dan Pope. I'm a physical therapist. And I also have a background in strength conditioning. I was a full-time strength conditioning coach for a few years. So kind of have this blend of knowledge that might help you out with your athletes. Disclaimers. I have no disclaimers for this presentation. So why are we caring about strengthening and conditioning for our athletes, right? And this may be obvious to you, but, you know, hear me out a little bit. So injuries are going to sideline our athletes. And once you have an injury, depending on the severity of the injury, your tissue capacity goes down, your conditioning, it gets worse, your strength, generally speaking, gets worse, and then our mode control changes. Sometimes our technique looks a little bit different when we jump and land. We don't jump and land in the same way we used to, and that's probably because we're trying to not aggravate the area that just got injured. On top of that, the degree to which we're sidelined is going to really depend on the severity of an injury. So if you think about a surgery, after you have a surgery, you're very, very deconditioned. And on top of that, you have to wait a period of time until you can do certain things, just respect that healing surgical site, right? So I can really set you back tremendously. Think about a spondy fracture. So no surgery in this case, but maybe you're braced for four to six weeks. And then during that four to six weeks, you get very deconditioned. You're not able to work on the skills that you used to. So maybe you're a little bit rusty. Okay. Strength goes down. Things don't go well after you have an injury generally. Okay. So we need a tool to be able to build back up after you have an injury. Okay. So think about worst case scenario, an Achilles rupture and then Achilles repair The tissue capacity is very, very low after you have the surgery. In general, you're not even able to put weight on it initially. You have to allow it some time to be able to heal and scar down a little bit, okay? So if you have a less troublesome injury, maybe you just have some Achilles tendinopathy, we can back off a little bit. We don't have to back off quite as much if you have a surgery, okay? But suffice to say, we have to build that capacity up over the course of time. On top of that, we may have really reduced power output. We might not be able to dissipate forces. So think about jumping and then landing. That's obviously very important with a major injury. Can't do that very well. After an injury, we generally lose strength. Okay. And not just in the area where you had the injury. You know, there's a lot of conditions where we see this. So when folks end up with knee pain, which is a good example. So think about your classic patellofemoral pain. They often end up with weakness in the hip as well. Okay. So after you have an injury, we need to strengthen the area that's been injured. And we also have to strengthen the rest of the body that got weak in the process, right? And the degree of the injury is going to reflect how much weakness we have, how much work to do. And the last thing I want to talk a bit about is conditioning. 
So we tend not to think about conditioning too much in our athletes, right? Uh, generally speaking, after you have a major injury, you just kind of stop playing your sport. But when you stop playing your sport for a little bit, you lose a ton of conditioning. And then you have to climb this mountain back up again that you've lost so much conditioning and you're not ready for your sport. That becomes a really challenging thing to build back up over the course of time, right? It's not great. So we know that thorough preparation after an injury is very key. And today we're going to be talking about a bunch of rehab and strength conditioning principles, but more specifically, we're going to talk about a case study of someone who had a meniscus repair as well as an ACL reconstruction, just so you can see these principles in action. But think about a patient that just had a meniscus repair and ACL reconstruction. They're extremely deconditioned. So they probably had a period of time before surgery where they weren't able to do sport-specific tasks. So they got deconditioned prior to surgery. And after surgery, you're not able to do much, right? Not able to weight bear, not able to strength train, not able to do your sport. So you get extremely deconditioned, okay? And this ends up being an enormous mountain to climb on your way back to being able to compete, right? So early on, after you've had a meniscus repair, your quad becomes like a bowl of mashed potatoes, right? So it doesn't fire whatsoever, let alone be able to handle the forces of landing from a really tough skill that you're going to need eventually, right? Maybe you can't walk yet. You probably aren't able to bend the knee fully or straighten the knee fully, okay? So strength and conditioning is going to be your tool to bridge that gap between, hey, I can't do much of anything and I need to be able to do a very high level gymnastic skill, okay? We can do this in a safe and progressive manner. Okay. And we can slowly ramp back up to this, the specific training that you need to be able to handle in your given sport. And the other thing that's phenomenal about strengthening and conditioning is it can be used as a um, tool to be able to reduce future injury. And it can also reduce re-injury rate in that specific area where you got hurt in the first place. And that's really cool. So throughout this presentation, I'm going to be talking about rehabilitation principles. Okay. And these principles are going to extend across every different type of injury, all right? We're going to be talking about the knee today just because we need to have some sort of case study so you can see the nitty-gritty. But if you fully understand these principles, it can apply to all the different types of injuries that you're seeing, okay? So first and foremost, after you have an injury, after an athlete has an injury, I should say, you're trying to maintain your strength and fitness as much as possible while simultaneously respecting the healing injury site. Okay. Like we talked about before, an injury represents a period of time where we generally get much weaker and we get deconditioned. Okay. And this is going to make returning to sport much tougher. Now I'm assuming you guys have heard about some of this research. Um, but Tim Gabbett is the guy who pioneered the acute to chronic workload ratio. So basically if you throw your athlete into something they're not prepared for. So if you don't do a great job with your rehabilitation and you send them back to their sport, Returning back to sport is going to represent a big spike in their training, right? Because they weren't prepared, their chronic workload ratio is quite low. And then their, their acute ratio, what you just introduced them to in sport, is much higher than what you're used to doing. And now you're more likely to get hurt, right? And this occurs all throughout rehabilitation. So if any point in my rehabilitation, I go from something that's really easy to something really hard, I'm spiking this acute to chronic workload ratio. So over the course of time, we have to be nice and slow and progressive with our rehabilitation as well as our return to sport, okay? The other piece to think about is that, and Tim Gabbard did a great job you know, studying this at first, is that 
your preseason length is going to equate to your risk of injury. In other words, fitness is going to be protective for folks. So if I have a longer preseason length, I'm less likely to get injured. Okay. Now, as a physical therapist, how often are you really thinking about, okay, I need to get my athlete back to some level of fitness so they can actually train for a while before they end up competing, right? Oftentimes, rehabilitation ends up being rehab, 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 then hit month six, and then straight back to sports and competition, right? And this is not the best because if we're not conditioned adequately, we're more likely to get hurt. So one of the things that goes off in my mind towards the end stages of rehab is that how can I make the end stages of rehab look kind of like a preseason where I'm getting that preparation work in so when they return back, they're ready, okay? And lastly, I alluded to this already, is that VO2 max also correlates uh, to your risk of injury. Now, in gymnastics, obviously, the conditioning demands aren't the same as in, let's say, rugby, right, or soccer. However, having low conditioning levels and being thrown into the mix, right, of a sport that requires more conditioning is a, you know, a, a bad idea, we'll say, okay? So I think that we need to be conscious of the amount of conditioning we're throwing in our athletes throughout the course of the rehabilitation so that the amount of conditioning they're able to handle matches what they have to be able to do in their sport, Okay. And the other piece to all of this is it's much easier to maintain your fitness, maintain your strength, maintain your skills as much as possible, as opposed to trying to rebuild them after being deconditioned for a long period of time. So if we can kind of hit two birds with one stone, when we're doing a rehabilitation, rehab in a way that's going to bring up this injured area, but also simultaneously maintain some of these skills, that's going to be a win-win situation. Okay. So how do we do this? We continue pushing our athletes where we're able to push these athletes, okay? So from a strength and hypertrophy perspective, that means, hey, I can work that contralateral limb that's not injured. I can work the upper body with a lower body injury, or I can work the lower body when I have an upper body injury, right? We want to try to continue working everything as much as we're able to while respecting that healing injury site, okay? And lastly, conditioning. What do you do for conditioning if you have a meniscus tear? Well, you're probably going to have to be creative. We can probably end up doing maybe some seated med ball slams. Maybe we can do some, some rowing with the surgical leg on something that rolls so you don't have to use your leg to row. Maybe use an assault bike with one leg not doing any of the work if you have a meniscus repair. We just want to try to maintain that fitness as much as we can, and that oftentimes means being creative. Okay, But like I said, if we don't aggre- or, excuse me, address this, then we have that big mountain to climb as we get to the end of our rehabilitation. If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the SHIFT website. The 2023 SHIFT Symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics medical care, gymnastics coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just 
just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful and that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.